The one thing I'm going to say, just before, as we're getting started. Yeah, go on. When I import sounds mm-hmm. and I cut and paste them in, they're always, like, way massive. That's what I want. I don't know if it's just, like, something that makes me feel happy, but I want our levels to be on the same level as those sounds. Yeah. But how do we get that nice, thick range, like, that nice, thick sound quality, you know? It's like, so when you compress it, it goes to this. But even when I boost it, it's almost like it's no difference from when I compress it and do that, then just take the normal Do you remember audio. when you said that you liked the way that one thing sounded when I recorded it on my own? Yeah. That's because I was, like, about this far away from the microphone. Yeah. But there's no way that you and I are going to be, like, within kissing distance <laughs> around the microphone. I'm, I'm, I'm okay like, with that. A, I'm, I'm, like, I'm comfortable uh, with that, Justin. Le- I'm saying there's no way. I'm not going to do that. I did have but- onions for lunch. Welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we are going to discuss Costume Quest. And I would like to discuss Costume Quest 1 and 2. I am able to do that. However, my friend can only discuss 1. Yep. Do you want to explain why? I do. Because Costume Quest 2 is not what I was expecting. I didn't like it. I played it for over an hour and I requested a refund on Steam. We're going to get into more why later. I will say I disagree in many of the things that you've said to me so far, but we haven't really gone into it in detail. So, listeners, I would say both are worth playing, and you should probably pick them up. This episode will be a little bit different for a couple of reasons, but the main one being because we're going to talk about Costume Quest and Costume Quest 2. We'll have our spoiler-free section now. We'll have a spoiler section for Costume Quest 1, and then a second warning for a Costume Quest 2, just in case people played the first one, but not the second mm. one. And they're curious if the second one is worth it. It's not. It is. It's not. It totally is. Costume Quest 1 is from Double Fine, a company we've talked about before with... Too stacking, many times. <laughs> stacking and Grim Fandango, and we will probably talk about them again. They make great games that are unique and cute and typically family friendly, but just games I enjoy. And Costume Quest is the first one that I bought from Double Fine. It's the first one I played. So it's this game that got me hooked on them as developers. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a good game. I guess it was published back in October of 2011, but it barely shows because of their art style and what they've done with it. It is essentially a Halloween RPG where you collect candy and fight goblins called Grubbins in this game. It's only about 635 megabytes as far as size and takes roughly eight hours to play. It's $10, but that does include some free DLC of Grubbins on ice, which will give you a bit more time as well. It's very family friendly. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... It's essentially a game where there was a similar concept in a South Park episode where the boys were dressed in costume and then we would get to see what they look like in their imagination. Mm. And of course, they were much bigger and more powerful. And this game does a lot of that where when you fight, you become your costume and you become larger than life and so much more than the tissue paper and gauze and you know, silly little things that the costumes are actually made out of. Yeah, because there are these big robots and stuff, and when they, when you're trying to get through the caves where there's water, it's like, can't go through there, I'll ruin my costume, it'll get wet. Yeah, <laughs> because it's cardboard. Yeah. But when they fight, that robot becomes this giant Transformers-like Yeah, robot. he's basically Soundwave. The story will begin with twins Ren and Reynold, and you, as the player, get to choose which one is going to be the main character of the story. Which one are you going to control? And essentially, the game is about one of the twins, depending on which one you pick, it'll be the other one, gets kidnapped and taken because they're dressed as a giant piece of candy corn, 
and the Grubbin thinks that that is an actual piece of candy, and that is how basically the game begins. In this game, you can find plans and materials for new costumes. Each costume has a special ability when it comes to fighting, but sometimes it has a special ability in what they call explore. So as you're walking around the world or exploring the world, those different abilities can also get you through different parts of the game, which uh, the first time I played took me a long time to figure out. So I, I really like that tiny bit of puzzle aspect to it, because a lot of times you don't know what you need until you get the costume that you need. Yeah, there's only really a couple of them that have those special abilities. Man, I love the Heelys. Like, you can zip around everywhere on them. They, that was my main costume, just for that reason. Like, I want to fast travel. Fights will earn you candy and experience, so you can level up. And as you were saying, the robot costume has wheels, so you can move around very quickly. You're basically going to be doing this right at the beginning in a race. And to give you an idea, just before we jump into the spoiler section, there is a friend that we make called Everett, and he allows us to try out his costume, which is a knight, which gives us a shield, which protects us from the water that you were talking about before, which is essentially the first explorability that you don't know about. This game is a lot about exploring. It's a lot about, I don't know, I, it's not really about grinding no. as much for RPG. You don't really have to grind a whole lot. They have put in the grinding in place, and told you exactly how many you have to do. So, for example, you have to trick-or-treat at so many houses, and you know that going into it. Yeah, it's like a side quest almost menu, where it's like, do this many of these things. And they've put in the exact right amount of enemies. They don't seem to keep respawning over and over again. So, yeah, you can get through the game just by going through the game, pretty much. You don't have to stay in one place and grind. I will warn you, this game is very addicting, surprisingly addicting. Once you put it in, you don't realize that you've been playing for two hours. So just beware. This happened to me, and you said the same thing when you started playing. So yeah. beware of that. And with that, I'm going to take us into the spoiler section for Costume Quest 1. Are you ready? I am. Let's talk about this game. I think that we can talk about this game in a way that's a bit different than our normal way. The story, honestly, we could sum up in about 30 seconds. There's not <laughs> that much to it. You go through different levels, trick-or-treating, leveling up, and finding new costumes until you get to the end and fight the boss. It's typical RPG format, but reduced to an actual playable chunk. Yeah. Too many times I've felt that Final Fantasy games, for example, have just gotten to the point, especially I think the last one I played was 12. It was just so much grinding and so much extra stuff that it got to a point where I didn't know if I was ever going to finish it. And there's a part of me that wants to go back to this size of RPG where we don't have to play for a hundred hours in order to finish the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that aspect about it a lot. What do you like about it? Let's talk about it. Because you don't like two, but you do like one. So let's talk about one. First of all, the story, even though it's very simple, I like the story. It's got good humor. It plays like a kid's game, but it's not really a kid's game. This is a nostalgia game for like us remembering being kids and make-believe playing and pretending we were you know, robots and Luke Skywalker and things like that. Because let's face it, there's even Star Wars bits in this game that aren't really Star Wars, but with you get a light, kind of lightsaber stuff and you can see in the dark with it. Just the comedy in the game works. It's good. And it works for both kids and adults. It's like going to see a Pixar movie almost. The, the, the main reason why I like this one and I don't like Costume Quest 2 is I love, I love the okay, battle. Don't get too into Costume Quest 2. But I like the battle. I like the battle kind of mechanics of this one. It's very simple. The fights take less than three rounds to complete, pretty much. Typically. And. I found myself even just trying on each costume so that I could see the when you go into battle and you transform into the Statue of Liberty or the robot or whatever, just to see all those little animations. Yeah, it's such a good game. It's just such a, a, a kind of cute little game that's got grind, but the grind doesn't feel like grind. It just feels like part of the game. I like going around to people's houses to trick-or-treat them, and then... You never knew if you were going to... got that little drum roll. Then the door opens, it's like, oh, it's just like, dude, here's some candy. Or, like, out jumps the monster. 
There's a lot more to this game than just what I've said, but on the on the surface, I liked it because it presents like a big RPG, but with a really simplified format. I love the simplicity of the game, pretty much. That was what did it for me. I like that a lot. I also really like the nostalgia factor. I think that that works well. I love the imagination, like you said, seeing those costumes transform. But I also love the explorabilities and finding the new costumes. It made searching around feel worthwhile. You can use the candy to buy stamps. I don't think in this one, but perhaps in the second one, you can actually eat candy to heal. Not in this one. Not in this one. Okay, so that's only in the second one. But there are mini games to help. Oh, yeah, the, the apple bobbin. Yeah. And like you said, the humor works. It's a beautiful game. It is a style, like an art style, that I don't see in a lot of places. Well, in other Double Fine games, maybe. Perhaps, but it's this heavy art, this heavy cartoony, dark black outlines and text speech, you know, the speech bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just such a cute story, a simple story, but it works. Everything is in place for this story to happen. As we progress through the game, we get to meet more characters. There's the, like you said, the apple bobbing game runner. I don't know what we would call (laughs) him. There's Sadie, who is selling the stamps, Mm -hmm. who just always happens to be wherever we need her to be so that we can buy some more. And characters like the principal, I think, who we need to get fruit to make her pies. Yes. Even though she doesn't have an oven there, so that makes no sense. But (laughs) I love... All the little characters that we're meeting along the way. And it adds so much more to this world. And a bit to two that you didn't get to. Which I'll be talking about later. I also love the fact that you can level up and improve your characters. But there's no skill tree. It's just simple. Your numbers go up. Yeah. This is very old school RPG. Where you have no control over it. This is kind of... Final Fantasy 1. Say, level up. Okay, now you hit harder and you have more HP. Done. Move on. Yeah, I like that a lot about it, yeah. So as you said, it's an RPG, but it seems scaled down. But not stripped away. They've taken what makes an RPG. Like, what is it? It's about leveling up. But let's not overcomplicate it with pluses and minuses and this and that. And just, let's just keep it simple, you know? I will say, though, the stamps are an interesting mechanic. Yep. Where some of them have amazing impact on a fight and what you can do in a fight. Mm -hmm. You know, some will do splash damage. So now if you have three enemies, you're attacking all three at least a bit. Some will do... Counter damage. Yes, counter damage was one of my favorites. I was going to ask you, what were your favorite stamps? See, now it's been a while since I played. I think for me, I was always using... Counter damage was a pretty common one. That was mine too, yeah. What else were you using? I was using counter, and then I got into splash damage towards the end, but my main ones were counter, and I used that resurrection one, like the kind of phoenix down, I guess, from Final Fantasy. I used that one towards the end. That really helped. Yeah, but my go-tos were more damage. It was all mostly offensive. It was more damage, like more critical damage, uh, splash damage, and counter. Like the wolf's jaw or something like that. It was the wolf's jaw the slime, and the the counter. Honestly, it's been a couple weeks since we played, so now I'm not quite sure. I do know that at different points I was using the strong attacks. Counter was always one of the ones that I used. Splash, it depended on what costumes I was using, because in my head I felt that some were more useful than others with that. But the Resurrect towards the end, I was was running Resurrect. That was a must-have, I think, at the end. Who were your kind of um, go-to characters? As far as costumes? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about that later? No, no, no. We can talk about that now. You definitely were talking about the Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. Statue of Liberty, the robot, and the spaceman with the lightsaber. Those are my three guys. That's interesting. I didn't really like the spaceman as much. I thought I would, but then I didn't really. Mm. And even the second playthrough, I didn't really as much. I found that in the beginning, I liked the robot. I liked... The Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty was kind of a must because... It's got healing. The healing. And also the fire damage I found really easy to execute. Yes. That's one thing with Costume Quest 1 is you have to do 
I, I don't know. What is it like on keyboard? I was just about to ask you the same thing because you've just said Costume Quest 1 was weird for that. I found Costume Quest 2 weird for keyboard, but Costume Quest 1 was perfect. That, what's one of my main gripes against right. Costume Quest 2 was the, the, the keyboard thing, is, thing. In a battle, each costume, there were about three or four different mechanics I would have to execute in order to attack. Yes. So one was button mashing, one was moving a joystick around, which you wouldn't have. Nope. That was the Statue of Liberty. And Oh, mine was really easy then. I just had to press W, A, S, D, any two keys. So it was basically W, D, W, D, W, D, W, D, just tap, 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 like that. For all of them. For the Statue of Liberty. For the robot, I had to just, when the bar came up, I just had to hit E or Q or sometimes shift. The same went for the Spaceman guy. Yes. It was the same as the robot. So that was the same. It was just a button yeah. on mine so instead of a key on the keyboard. I both like this and don't like this because it does make me pay more attention to each fight. But there's a part of me that after a while doesn't want to pay so much attention to each fight. The second time through, I've already seen the story. I've heard the music. It's good, but I've already played it before. So there was a part, especially when I was just doing the trick-or-treating, where I would put on a podcast and turn down the sound of Costume Quest. So for me, I kind of just wanted to lazily grind through. And sometimes it feels like I had to pay more attention than I wanted to. And that's probably, that's a bit unfair on the game. The game wants me to pay attention and that's as it should. But I kind of didn't want that. So there was a part of me that was a little bit frustrated. I also found the first time I played it, I had trouble with the timing on some of those. I think you're supposed to. I mean, it mm. punishes you for not getting that thing in the right spot, you know, and hitting the button at the same time. I didn't have as much trouble this time, so I don't know if there's been an update since I played it the first time or if I'm just better at it now because I've played it before. So I'm not sure, but it felt better this time than it did the first time. As far as costumes, the Statue of Liberty is a must because of the healing. But outside of that, I typically chose the ones that I just liked. The robot, yes, because of the fast moving in the outside world, but I got a bit bored with it playing over and over and over for eight hours, so I would typically put in a different character. I really liked the pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Which is a bit Jack Skellington-esque. Yeah, he's very Jack Skellington, yeah. My favorite, I think my favorite in the whole game, is the french fry monster. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Use salt in an assault attack. <laughs> I love the pun. I love the way that they took something so ridiculous as how do you turn french fries into a monster? And it looks great. It does. Because when I put that costume, I was like, this is going to be rubbish. And it wasn't. It was awesome. <laughs> but it's like that joke, like, did you hear about the fight in the fish and chip shop? A no. fish got battered and a chip got assaulted. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> but no, I like the, the I like the robot because he's got that AOE one where he just like blasts everyone and they take like this fire damage where they're constantly taking damage as the rounds go on. Well, for like two or three rounds, maybe. That's why I wasn't always using splash damage because some of the characters do splash damage. The French fry one as well, it stuns the other characters, the enemy. So you sometimes get a free round, which is fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the areas. So the first area is just the town. A lot to explore and you get to meet people. You get to see what the world is like. You get to meet your friend Everett for the first time. And you go... Okay, let's be honest though. The wheelies in the grass, that wouldn't work. <laughs> and you also had a problem with some of the ways that they were getting candy. What did I say before? Sorry, I can't remember now. You didn't say it tonight. You said it to me in a text. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should put that in at the beginning. Here we go. Yeah, it's a the cost, costume quest is a heartwarming tale of children eating candy out of garbage cans. <laughs> because quite often that's where they're getting them. They're out of leaf piles. Leaf piles. I can somewhat see. I don't know how they're getting them out of fire hydrants. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> Mailboxes. This is also where you, as I said before, you get to meet Sadie for the first time and start building up your stamps. You get to do the apple bobbing for the first time, which, again, the first time I found very frustrating, but this time... I never failed any of them, man. I found it really easy. I, I, I aced them all that. on the first turn. 
You also get to do hide and seek for the first time, where you find six children who are hiding and get a bigger pail so you can hold more candy. You do all your trick-or-treating. You get to open the gate and go through the cemetery, yeah, which leads to you battling a boss, big boss. And I do think it's interesting that the bosses also, when you go into battle, look so much more intimidating than they did when you just snuck up on them and hit them with your bail. Yeah. But I like that as well, actually, about the hitting them. It's an interesting little thing that they've thrown in. If you manage to hit them, you get to do a kind of bonus damage at the start of the round. And obviously that damage increases as you increase your level, but it doesn't work against you. If they get the jump on you, you don't automatically lose hit points. But if you manage to hit them from behind, you get that bonus. I like that. And it's things like that, the small things that make a good game great. And they've obviously put a lot of thought. They they definitely, the team who made this game, they thought of almost everything, pretty much. Everything is so tight in this game. It's really well executed. Can't argue with it at all. We end up going to the mall. We get to see the place being renovated. So it's all dark. This is where we need to get our lightsaber, if we can call it that. Sorry, George. (laughs) That allows us to walk through the dark spaces. We then get into the regular part of the mall, which I love. Yeah. There's a train that goes around the top. There's hidden stuff all around. Three levels, I think. You have to get behind the machine in the arcade, which you had a bit of trouble with. I did have a problem with that. Which is where you get to meet Lucy. So now you have three people in your party. The game becomes much easier (laughs) when you have three people in your party. You also have to do a costume contest, which I love this because you get to go talk to the judges ahead of time to find out what they want. And there was one that I found I wasn't sure what they specifically were going for because it was technology. So I think I put in the space guy because he's got a rocket pack and a laser sword, shall we say? Yeah. And I don't think that was the right one. I think I had to put in the robot. But you try it. You fail. Oh, don't worry, kids. You can come back and try again. Yeah. It's so wonderful. It's the never-ending costume competition. You get the ninja costume in this one. Which which I I thought was going to be awesome, but it's pretty rubbish. But you get to sneak behind everybody. You can sneak right in front of the evil guys without worrying about whether they can see you or not. Yeah, but you want to beat them up, though. Oh, yeah, but it allows you to sneak behind them and hit them. Ah. Oh, yeah. I used it a lot for that. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that, because I'm dumb. But you do get to use it once as a utility in the game, which is pretty cool as well. Throughout the game as well, you get to meet this guy who helps you out. Oh, yeah. Often he's dressed as a scarecrow, but he will give you one piece of a costume at a time. And they say, why can't you just give us a whole costume? Or why can't you just help us out? Give us what we need. Yeah, tell us exactly where it is. And he kind of goes, oh, it's, uh, it's too powerful. You need to get things a piece at a time. or something. Some sort of stupid deflection, but I, it does make me laugh. We'll find out that that's the brother to Dorsilla, who is the evil person guiding all the grubbins around and trying to get the candy for Big Bones, who will be the, the giant boss at the end of the game. They make lots of references to it throughout the first and second levels. And then basically we get into the third level, which I thought at this point, two good levels. What could they do with the third one? It's fantastic. I love the third level so much. I was frustrated because there's clearly a scarecrow you can't get to. And I don't know how long the first time I tried to get into that hay maze, thinking it's a maze. There must be a trick to it. I must get in there and get one more costume. I always wanted another costume. I saw that scarecrow and I was like, hmm, I bet you can get there. And then you text me like, don't try and go there. Like, okay. Done. <laughs> yeah, I probably saved you an hour of yeah. trying to figure that out. There's a whole thing of having to get the French fry costume so that you can lead hungry customers to the French fry stand. You can also use that power to lead the hungry... Crows or something like that? Are they crows? Birds are, I think they're called like caterwailers, but they're basically you lead them into the barn and lock them in, and you can get your old costumes back, because in the story they've been taken away from you. And then you get to go into a carnival, and in there you get to be shot out of a cannon, Mm -hmm. you do a battle, and then in a beautiful bit of meta storytelling, they go, wow, we now have to get down from here. How are we going to do that? Yeah, because you're on top of the Ferris wheel, that's right. And then it just cuts to... Wow, that was interesting how we got down from there. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's just beautifully done. And that just makes me laugh so much. I love that. When we get through all of this part, we have to go through a kind of maze rescuing now Grubbins who've been trapped so that we can get different costume pieces so that we can pass as a Grubbin to get past the guard so we can go and face Big Bones, our I love final getting, I love getting past that guard as well. He's like, what does he say? He's like, he doesn't say what's the password or something like that, but he's like, who are you? Like, oh, we're just this little guy. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah in you go. <laughs> he doesn't really care anyway. I like that maze part, though. It seemed like it was quite simple on the outset of it, but it was quite complicated to get through. Do you know what I mean? It seemed like a very simple design, but the way that they designed it was that you couldn't really just zip through it really quickly. You had to get things and then move through to dead ends to bust down the walls and stuff. And and I think that that's what they've done with the whole game. That's what I mean. That their design was really good. Everything was really simple. Like in the mall, second floor, or no, sorry, the, the second and third floors are locked off until you do this. You know, they're basically working with a simple square, but they've managed to divide it up and to make it kind of sequential to go through. Same with the town. Bits are cordoned off. You can't use it until you get the robot, so you can use the Heelys to get over the ramps to access different parts. Very simple design, but they've managed to cordon off certain areas really well. Simple design, but just done really well to make it not too complicated, but just complicated enough. One thing I like about this game is that you can go back to previous levels. So if you realize there are side quests you haven't finished, you can go back to that pretty much right up until the end. Yeah, right in the last level, you can go back. But just, just, just right before you meet the boss, pretty exactly, much. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you'd want to do that if you're going for the achievements, if you want to get all the costumes. Well, like me, I, I didn't manage to do the costume competition. So I was like, oh, well, now's the chance. Because I thought it was maybe going to be one of those things where you had to get a costume from later. Because I tried the sequence of technology was the spaceman. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a costume I get later. So now when I got to the end, I was like, well, I haven't really got any new costumes. I'll go back and try it again. I will say this because there are probably a few people who did what I did. I wanted to try out the Grubbin costume to see what it would look like in battle. But the first time I played, I got to the last battle without having it on. I didn't want to try it as the last battle against the boss because I didn't know what it would be. It actually just makes you the robot. Right. I was hoping for something more. Yeah. But I totally get it. That's fine. Well, because they're pretty useless anyway. <laughs> you just been, you've been kicking their <laughs> for the last eight hours of the game. As little kids. <laughs> yeah. Big Bones is a giant Grim Reaper type character with candy eyes and he's desperate for eating candy and small children i guess though he wants to eat the children that are dressed as candy does that make him not a cannibal Uh, he's not a cannibal it's not he's not eating his own kind i love this because they've done the same thing that so many other games have done with a giant boss it's too big to have on the screen so they just said oh he's too fat to fit totally through the portal yeah yeah and that's why we only have him at kind of chest to head and he battles with us there is a speaker that dorian gave us earlier dorsilla's brother gave us earlier that does help us a little bit in the battle but essentially the first time i think it did take me a couple tries to get him but this time i had kind of no problem i think one of the reasons why this time around it was easier was i realized i had gotten a new battle stamp right at the end which is the super bat one i think it's like a super auto recover and that just made this battle so much easier than i didn't realize that until well i probably did the same thing as you in your first playthrough i didn't even realize i had that stamp and i died i think i died about three times on that boss and i was was like it's impossible i can't do it and the way that this game is set up where there is no real grind so it's not like i have to go back and grind more because there's nothing to grind on there's no more enemies to, to attack there's also a max level that you may have already been at Ah, okay. I got to level 10, I think. Is 10 the max or something like that? Might be 11, but you, um, you would have been close. But, but yeah, it wasn't until I actually was like, okay, let's take stock of what I've got. Because I was just, I mean, I was stomping through this game, like, as these three characters that were my go-tos and just like those stamps, they just seemed to always work and I had no reason to change it. I tried out the different stamps just to see what they do, tried out the different costumes to see what they would do, but that was about it. I always tried them once and then was like, nope, still like the original. But then I got to the end, it's like, the end just puts a big hand on my chest and be like, no, whoa there, you need to think about this one. Eh, fair play. I did. And eventually after, yeah, three turns, I got that Phoenix down one. I was like, yep, 
I'm in I'm in business. But you beat Big Bones, we send him back to where he came from, and there's a great end scene where you're splitting up candy with your friends. Mm-hmm. I love the parents in this as well. Like the dad coming in with his dad tax. And dad tax. Some candy. <laughs> They're just really great. Like everything about this feels like they've all been thought through. Like they knew who each of these characters really was. Yeah, they have a, pr- a distinct personality. Apart from that, even though they have no voices that we can hear, their character models are interesting. They've got unique, distinct personalities. What they say is interesting. It's amazing. Double Fine does this consistently, man. They're like on point with their their character development in su- in something that takes only ten hours or less to complete. You get a real f- true sense of a world filled with real characters that have a purpose in it. That's you can't do better than that. The end credit scene I love because you get to see a lot of the developers as children in their Halloween costumes. Yeah. I thought that was just a really nice touch. But that leads us to the DLC, which is Grubbins on Ice, which is the story go between Costume Quest 1 and Costume Quest 2. You've played this a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Grubbins on Ice is a nice in-between. It makes sense story-wise as far as Lucy wants evidence. She's the scientist. She wants evidence that what happened really happened. They find it, but it opens a portal and she gets sucked in. So now everybody has to go and rescue her. And of course, they have to go get their Halloween costumes. Frustratingly, not my favorite ones. And then they go in to the Grubbin land. And it's great because we get to see where our enemies came from. And we also get kind of a sense that they aren't so bad. Yeah. They don't really like what's going on either, but they are lower on the food chain. And so they're kind of forced into this world and, and what they were doing before. So we do the lower level with the Grubbins and then the, I think what you would refer to as the Trolls. And I've got it written down here somewhere. The one thing that I didn't like about Grubbins on Ice was the kind of lazy, unwinnable fight right at the start. For all their kind of ingenuity, I thought they would have thought of a better way than that. I have heard rumor, no proof, but I have heard rumor that people have beaten it, but you still get thrown down the mountain and you're like everything happens the same. So it doesn't matter if you beat it. This time around, playing it the second time through, I got very close. Oh, really? I got very close. But because you don't get to choose your costumes and you don't get to choose your stamps, that's what went wrong. If I had had my go-to stamps from before, I think I would have won this time. So I think it is possible but it's not really worth it because it doesn't change anything. Yeah, even so, you still yeah you still get thrown off the edge. I suppose if you want bragging rights, that's all you yeah you basically yeah. get. It's like yeah, that's been done before. That's such an and maybe that's a hat tip to like the old school RPGs where they did that all the time. The unwinnable fight in this one, we do get to use some of the same costumes, but we get a few new ones. We get the eyeball, which gives us a better perspective on what's going on around us. We get the pirate, which allows us to hook onto lines and slide down. And we do get the Yeti costume. Mm, haven't got that one yet. Yeah, so. haven't got that far. It doesn't really do much as far as exploring. In fact, I think it has no explorabilities, but it looks really cool <laughs> when you go into battle with it. Cool. It's pretty straightforward. It's not as long. It is DLC, but it's much the same game, just a bit further. You haven't got the end, but... I already warned you, we're going to spoil it for you here. Uh, With the ending of the DLC, it takes you into a portal, but you basically don't make it home. You end up in a room of portals and you're not sure where to go, which leads directly into the main menu of Costume Quest 2. Yeah. Which, what I'm going to say is, if you haven't tried the DLC for Grubbins on Ice and you like Costume Quest, I don't know why you didn't try it. It's a no-brainer. Play it. Yeah, because after playing Costume Quest 2 for that brief time... And then I went back to try the DLC from Costume Quest 1. I was like, yes, this is this is what I want. And so I'll definitely be finishing this DLC. So do play that. It is fun. It's just a bit more of the same. Now is your second warning. If you have not played Costume Quest 2, now is your warning. We're about to spoil a whole lot about it, as we're going to probably argue a bit about why I like it and why Darren doesn't. All right. and, I'm, and I'm clearly wrong. <laughs> Well, we'll find out.
Costume Quest 2. A good game that Darren didn't give enough of a try. I gave it enough of a try before I couldn't get my refund from Steam. Let's talk about why you don't like it. Why don't you like it? The controls are terrible. The okay, net- first off, let's be specific. Why are they terrible? Because I don't know. I played with controller. And this, this is the thing. I think maybe they've flipped it around. From playing one, I wanted them just to keep the same controls. I don't know why they decided to make it all different, but I'm sure on a controller, it's just like X, Y, and Z. They labeled all the different characters as for each character, but for me, it's become the numbers. Before, I was pressing E or Shift, which are all in easy kind of reach of your fingers on when you're playing with the Wasid. But now they've labeled them all as one, two, and three. So that's a problem for me. I don't like that. Secondly, there's no bar anymore of and you've got to hit it in this kind of sweet spot. It's this incoming target that every time I just seem to not hit it in the right location. It just never worked for me. It was always say fail. Yeah, I mean, it was always too late or too early for me. I hated that. I, I, I hated what they did with the combat mechanics. The, the controls were broken on keyboard, man. And I'm not saying it was unplayable. It just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun playing on keyboard anymore. For controller, they actually made it easier. I'm guessing that's exactly why they consolified it. Instead of having to guess what button you were going to push, now it was always the same one. It was always the same one. And on the controller, say for example the Xbox controller, it would be the top button, the middle left button, and the bottom button. And so you knew what you were doing every time. And I imagine with PlayStation, it's probably the same. So. That made it easier. Every person's fight combat mechanic was that same one of trying to time it. And that's it. Boring. Sorry. I don't like that. But I... That's so oversimplifying it, though. I preferred that. I preferred that so much because I felt that some of the ones in the first costume quest were a bit difficult to do. Well, it was more like a quick time event, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm not always a fan of quick time yeah. events. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, yeah. I mean, on a keyboard, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Let's put it that way. Okay. What else? The menu at the beginning. Come on. Don't do this Assassin's Creed stuff to me where I've got to jump through 12 menus to exit the game. No, I will agree with you on that one. That's really irritating. It's so annoying. But the, Assassin's Creed is the worst for that. That is awful. <laughs> it's like. Honestly, I think there's it's four, been a long time there's four menus you have to get through to, to get to the exit button. At least four. Could be wrong. Maybe it's three, but it feels like 400. Having to go back to the portal world every time to exit the game is ridiculous. And I thought that every time. Yeah, I, be- I can't argue It's better that. just to, like, all oh, have four out of it, you know? <laughs> Task manager. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, I'll just dump all my grievances on, on this part, and we can move on. Second part is... I I wasn't a fan of... I didn't get into Costume Quest because I wanted to play an RPG. I got into Costume Quest because I liked how simple it was. Now they're starting to add RPG elements, plus tens, minus fives. You know, they're starting to really move more into the kind of RPG mechanics of badges and leveling ups. And you've got all these plus and minuses for all the different kind of things. I just liked it when it was just like this what, this what does, are you talking about? What pluses like there was like plus to health, minuses to this, there was plus ten percent whatever to your attack, rather than just it's a bonus to your attack. They, they they had specific percentages attached to different badges or not not badges, stamps and stuff. I mean I like RPGs, don't get me wrong. I I love a lot of RPGs. But I just wasn't looking for it in this game. Okay. And they overcomplicated something that should have just been simple. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. I think that they did overcomplicate it, but not in a way that you are talking about. In this game, it's not stamps, it's the cards. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, the cards. In the first game, the cards are just for fun, but they've simplified it by taking the stamps away and just giving the cards special value. What the cards do... And you can play them in combat. Yes, and this yeah. is an interesting mechanic, is that you can only use them once in combat, and then they have to cool down for three fights, for example, and then you can use them again. So once you have a full set of them, there are some you'll just never use again. You'll try it once and go, oh, I'm never going to use that again. And some you just can't wait until you can use them again because they're so useful. Yay, it's my third fight. <laughs> there are some that help you gain more candy after every battle, some that help you gain more experience after battle so that you can level up much faster. And again, the leveling up is the same. It's automatic. The costumes, as with the first one, have different stats that can 
help you or hurt you a little bit in some ways, but help you more in others. What I don't like is the time that it takes to have to replace the cards every time. It would have been nice to have a set go-to cards that you can go, yes, give me set A, give me set B, a way to make those sets so they were easier to bring back because it took longer. Another problem I had with this game was you don't heal after battle. Yes, that annoyed me you greatly. Can, you can heal by uh, drinking wa- water. water fountains, yeah. But it's really annoying to have to keep going back after every battle. Because that's the thing as well. That This is one reason that Costume Quest 1 was like, finally they have learned. What did you do in Final Fantasy? You had a gazillion Phoenix Downs and a gazillion health potions, and it was a chore to go into your inventory. Bring them back, revive from the dead, chug 10 healing potions. Like, that's a chore and it's a waste of time and it's a grind and I don't need that. Why did you put it in this game? You didn't do it in Costume Quest 1 and it was perfect. Every battle, you're down to your last hit point, but it doesn't matter. You finished, you won, da-da, you're back to full health. No chore. Come on, guys. There were cards that would fix that, but again, you couldn't use them every battle. So that is a problem and I'll agree with you on that one. A thing I did like about this one that's a huge improvement over the first one, is you have wheelies in every costume. Yes, that was... When I first booted up this game, and everyone has wheelies, and it doesn't matter what costume you're doing, it's like, my eyes lit up, I was like, wow, look at this. They've learned that it was a pain in the butt to like change costume every time to get into those wheelies. Now you just automatically have wheelies all the time. Fantastic. Then I was let down by the rest, but that was a great thing to do. Like, well done. You saw what you'd done in the past, you're like, yeah, we should have just put them in all the time. That would have been really easy, wouldn't it? And really less frustrating. Yep. All right. Do that now. Done. Yeah. One thing that you didn't get to experience that you do as you play later is the more cards you get and what some of those cards can do. Towards the end, you're getting cards that can destroy a single enemy. You get one card that will destroy all three enemies. Nice. So there's a lot of cards that start to make the game feel like the old one, the three turns and done. But you don't get that in the beginning. It does feel harder in the beginning. And I know in text you were saying, I hate the fact that there's combos, but it's not really combo moves. You do get the chance to do a double attack later. You do get a chance to have a counter move, but I never really use that, and you don't really need to. Mm. I think even in the game it says this is a really good last attempt to win when you think you're going to lose. But there are other things in this game I love that you didn't get to because you didn't get to see the rest mm. of the game. This game has elements of time travel where you get to go forward in time and see an evil future where a dentist has taken over and rules the world and he's forbidden costumes and candy, of course. Oh, that's right at the beginning. Because yeah. the intro to the game is really interesting. It's almost like a Back to the Future 2 situation where you go and you meet... Everett and Lucy are married. Married. You'll find later they have a daughter as well. Right. Yeah, you go outside and it's like, yeah, all candy's been... No, there's no Halloween. Yeah. It's really cool. I love the beginning the to the game. Evil robots that look like giant teeth. Yeah. It's great. Like, yeah. I love this game. And then you get to go back in time to a time where that dentist is a little kid and you actually get to see Dorsilla and... Was it Dorian, the brother, as kids? You go further back, and then you end up going back to the future. And there's just a lot of interesting stuff they do with that. So does it kind of piece together how or why Custom Quest 1 takes place in the first place? It does a little bit, but not really. I think it kind of alters that. But the ending of this one feels like, no, this is the ending, and we're definitely saying... This is the ending. And that's something that I guess I'll just talk about now. You, at the very end, when you've beaten it, there's a huge street party, and you get one last chance to get a little conversation with everybody you've kind of met along the way. And that's just a beautiful goodbye that I would love more games to do, to let us know what happened to all the little side characters, or just get a bit more, and to say, yes, it is done. Like at the end of Police Academy. The first one? I think one of them was like so-and-so went on to, is it Police Academy? Where they're like, they do like the picture, the portraits, and they're like so-and-so went on to, they, but they used to do that in a lot of 80s movies, yes. yeah? I think you're 
confusing with Animal House? Maybe. But I know they've done it for a lot of movies. I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure Police Academy just ends with their ceremony. Does it? Edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime Darren is wrong. Edit it out. Edit it out. I love that nod to everybody. And I love some of the costumes that we got to play around with in this one. So in this one, we get to be a pharaoh, like an Egyptian pharaoh that can resurrect fallen characters. That would be very helpful. You get a clown who does healing. Did you use the clown? I had the clown, but I didn't really use it. I hate the clown. (laughs) I hate the clown so much. Because he does that boing, boing, splat kind of... uh, Attack. Yes, but also his special is to heal you, but he heals you with laughter. And as in with many games, he does something that's not really funny, but it's supposed to be. He opens up a banana, drops the peel, and falls on it. Yeah. And then there's canned laughter as he looks at the camera. And it's like, oh, I'd almost rather have my characters die than have to see this again. (laughs) You do get a chance in this game to buy level ups for the costumes. So that they can do more power or more damage or more healing. So, for example, the pharaoh can heal with more health because you initially only come back with a small amount yeah. of health. There is a hot dog costume, which is brilliant. I like the sound of it already. You're kind of like a giant hot dog Cerberus with, <laughs> with three heads that spew mustard and ketchup. Oh, really? Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah. So there are some really terrific costumes. There's a bit with a werewolf where you have to do a game where you see the claw marks and you have to follow the claw marks using the special light. Okay. And when you finally get to the end, you find the kid who's been doing this just because he's angry about what's been going on in the world. You know, no candy, no costumes. Mm. And he gives you the costume, which is nice. And his attacks look really cool, especially the the special attack. He does this thing where you're looking from the point of view of the enemy, and you can Uh, only see him as he's running along quickly, and you're not exactly sure where he is. It's very much an homage to 80s horror and the way that you would have to film because special effects aren't... Well, they weren't in those days what they are today. Mm. And I loved it. I really thought that that worked well. And to level up his costume, you get a high school letterman jacket. So basically, Teen Wolf. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So there's a lot in this game that I love. I love the simplified battle. I love the story. I feel like this going to the past to save the future. In this game, it works. And it works in a way where they've ended it and it feels like more of the same story. But I would rather have this more than not have it. Mm. So I'm very glad to have played it. I love the fact that you can wheel around faster. Yeah, that was a bonus for sure. There are some, again, good comedy bits where you're trying to get this contract sign and there's this whole thing about this billboard that's in the way and, all right, well, now i got to go talk to the other one about this and I'll go back to talk to this other one about this. And it it ends in a way that does make me laugh. I'm not going to tell you because should you ever play it, I want you to experience it. <laughs> I'd have to because play it again, though. I... I suspect that you might at some point. If it comes up in a bundle, I'll get it again. But yeah, I was just, I was so angry with it. I was really like, I've never felt that with a game in a long time. Like actually angry at it. Like you've ruined it. And again, it it could be a keyboard and mouse thing. Like it sounds like it's said, they've said, let's make it easier for people with controllers, but let's make it rather than just keep it the same for keyboard and mouse players. They've made it more finicky. It's like, you know, you need... Yeah, it's, I don't know. That annoyed me. I liked everything else, apart, well, apart from the menu as well, but the animations were good. It was very similar, a little bit clearer, crisper kind of animations in the battlefield and stuff. And yeah, it was something that I really wanted to play, but I, I rage quit hard, man. With yeah, the- which I'll admit, it surprised me. I really was surprised that you... Didn't give it more of a shot. Yeah, well, I couldn't because I got to the point where I was like, well, it's either just keep this in my library forever and never play it again. Because I, I was in the frame of mind like, I'm never playing this again. I'm done for all the reasons that I've stated. And I posted screenshots of Costume Quest 2 on Steam and everyone's like, oh yeah, I love this one as well. This is maybe even better than the first one. And it was almost. Yeah, see, I, I, I wouldn't was, go that far, but I'd say it's very close. Yeah. But I was scared to say, like, actually, I refunded it, guys, <laughs> in case they murdered me or something. Well, now they all know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. 
But I think I've got a good reason to, like, why... I'm not saying the story's bad, I'm sure it's great. And from what I saw of the story, it was good. Just the, yeah, the mechanics, the, the game mechanics just did not... I don't know why they changed it, to be honest. I don't know either. It wasn't something you could readjust. And like I said... Like, could you could you reformat the keys, remap the keys? Um, possibly, yeah. But even the, even the thing with the target, I couldn't work out how to hit them in the right zone for some reason as that target's coming in. And maybe that was something, but I mean, even even with like one and a half hours of practice, I still wasn't nailing it. And also, the fights take too long, man. They take forever. Like I said, they get faster I'm sure they get the faster later. But, but then you still have to go through and replace your cards every time, which and, is And kind heal of yourself. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll save that for playing Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and... What was the other really good one? I, I don't know which one you'd be talking about. <laughs> like Star Ocean? No, um, the, the time traveling one. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger's great. But when you buy those games, you know what you're getting into. And when I bought Costume Quest, I didn't know what I was getting into because you recommended it to me. And I liked it because I wasn't in the mood to do that kind of RPG stuff. But then when I played 2, I was like, yep, more of the same. I can't wait for this. Like, oh, it's not the same. It's different. It's been overhauled and not in a way that suits me. That's it. Done. Yeah, you're done. I'm not. I'm just going <laughs> to say, it's amazing. You missed out on the warehouse scene. You missed out on a lot of small bits that I think you would have liked story-wise that I think are what make any frustration you might have of the game worthwhile in the end. For me, this is a game that I would definitely recommend to anybody who liked the first one and i would definitely recommend it kind of to anyone who wants simplified rpg who wants this kind of family friendly imaginative unique art style with a story that's simple but it works this is a time travel story which won't do your head in (laughs) and that alone i think is something very special and deserves a look at so for those that have listened all the way through thank you very much i hope that you have played both or if you haven't you're now gonna give it a try yeah we've spoiled it but the story is pretty straightforward you're gonna see a lot of it coming but it works this is one of those stories where yes you may be able to predict a lot of what's going to happen but it doesn't really matter because it's the story you want to because you're along for the ride and like I said, I hope anyone that tries Cosmic Quest 2 has a great time playing it. It's like, it is... A very good game. <laughs> sure. <laughs> gaps filled or more gaps created. And today we're back into the world of We Were Here. Yay! We Were Here Together. Is it a castle? Well, that's what it's called in the thing. It's the Stephen King's Castle Rock, isn't it? What? We jumped in on this one very early. We got it the like within the hour it was launched. And we started playing. You start off in what looks like a cabin room. You find out that I was standing in the room forever just looking, what are the books and yeah, me everything? Too. <laughs> and then you were describing your room to me and I was describing my room. Like, and I've got a bunk going, bed. Me too, I've got a bunk bed. I've got a porthole that looks out into the snow. Yeah, me too. Like <laughs> yeah. oh, we're in the same room. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> But we weren't in the same room. We were in mirror images of the same room that were just across from the hall. Yeah, we're in, a, we're in a hotel, basically. All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.